You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Um, and we'll get into that because that's going to be some of my treasure, t- treasure takeaways is because you know, the way that he's been performing this season is just not typical Tom Brady. Um, and that that's an issue, you know, yeah. amongst other things. Yeah. And what better time and way to go ahead and transition into our treasured takeaways here at Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. This has actually become one of one of Kaylee and I's favorites, I want to say. Oh, totally. Because um, then we don't it's have to. It's nice to take like, some time to like reflect over to get some of the stats, to rewatch some film, and then to like give it another once over what happened in this game, what were some of the good things, and what were yeah. some of the bad things, and what are our treasured takeaways. So yes. that being said, you want me to start? Yeah. Okay, so let's go. Good ones. So we talked on Sunday night about and and the stat the 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 advanced stats weren't out yet. So I kind of made do mm-hmm. with the way that I was kind of seeing things. Uh, and I told you guys that I had accounted for about six six uh, of his dropbacks. Tom Brady was pressured. That mm-hmm. number went up a little bit. So so the accurate number from uh, Pro Football Focus was nine dropbacks or twenty one percent of Tom Brady's dropbacks, he got pressured on, which wow. it isn't great, but it's also not terrible mm-hmm. whenever you look at it as a whole. And in talking to one of our good friends, John Ledyard, uh, we, were, we were talking back and forth about what is happening and is it on the O-line? Is it on Tom Brady? What's What exactly is going on? And John had some really good insight that I really wanted to share with you guys um, in, in saying that, you know, I, neither he nor I really think that it's all on the O-line. You know, I don't think that the O-line played terribly as a whole. They, they played okay. They did have some ugly moments. Don't get me wrong. Um, but really, whenever you're looking at this offense, and this goes a little bit into play calling, which is, again, what you and I have been preaching, Casey, it's the play sequencing. The play sequencing, when runs are called, when passes are called, this team, they're not gaining enough positive yardage mm-hmm. each down to keep them out of bad situations like third and longs, you know? So they're relying on themselves to have to make these really big plays. And while they might have made those big plays in the past this year, we're Mm -hmm. not seeing those big plays. So Casey, it's a problem because it, again, it really has a lot more to do with the play sequencing, how the plays are being called, when they're being called, the ratio of run plays to pass plays. And if and unfortunately, overall, this team offensively 
Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette, O-line, everyone include Chris Godwin, like name them all, the coaching staff, they are all end up being responsible because yep. the play sequencing is just not working. You're not gaining enough positive yards. You have five games where you've scored less than 21 points. A lot of those points were not even scored by this <laughs> offense. They weren't even like touchdowns. A lot of those points, Casey, are from Ryan Suckup, are, are from the kicker. Offensive who, MVP. Yeah, who I mean like is, yeah, technically still on the offense, but like he's the <laughs> kicker. It's not, you know, the rest of the guys. What are you doing? So this team is not getting into the end zone. And part of the reason that they're not getting into the end zone is because they're not moving the ball. Why aren't they moving the ball? The issue comes down to they're not gaining enough po positive yards. They're not calling. They're not getting created enough. They're not calling the right plays at the right times. That is the biggest issue that this offense is having. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, because of Tom Brady's name, because he's the GOAT, because he has such a big name, a big following, and because he retired and then unretired, the reality is, is his name is going to be attached to this. Yep. Even if it ends up being more like 60% the coaches, 40, you know, 30% the O-line, 10% Tom Brady, guess whose name's getting attached to it? Tom Brady's name. Tom Absolutely. Brady's name is getting attached to this because of how big his name is. So if I'm Tom Brady, if you're Tom Brady, you have to deal with this situation because the offense, it's not cutting it as it is. It's mm -hmm. not cutting it. They have better in them, but they have to change how they're playing because what they've done in the past and what they're doing now is not working because in the past we've seen those big plays, Casey. Mm -hmm. We've seen those explosives. They've gotten down and then been, and they've been in a more timely down. manner too. They yes. just have no, no, um, I'm looking for a better word here, but they just have no real, like a ability to kind of feel out when to place in those bigger plays. No, and you said it. They wait till the last moment to try to make that happen. And it doesn't bear out in their favor. Exactly. And to that point, the first two seasons that Tom Brady was in Tampa, the Bucks converted more than 45% of their third third downs into first downs. That was the fourth best in football. This season, it's at 38%, which again, like when I'm giving you guys percentage, it's it's it seems like, oh, well, that's not that big of but like even the tiniest percentage in football can drop you down. So they mm -hmm. were fourth the last two seasons. This season at 38%. Casey, they're 22nd. That's 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 a big really drop. really awful going from fourth to twenty second in the league in one year with a lot of the same guys and uh, frankly like some guys that should be better than what you had previously. Mm -hmm. That's really really bad. And to me again, that points to the the creativity, the coaching, the play sequencing. That is what really has to get under control. Uh, you can't go four and 14 and converting third downs, which is what they did this past Sunday. They failed two third and one attempts. Two. Yeah. Like that, you can't, you have to be able to move the ball. And again, you have to figure out offensively, 
coaching staff, you have to, what are we doing wrong? How, what, what puts us in the best possible position, possible position to move the ball forward. Mm -hmm. That's the play we need to call. We need to move the ball forward. They're not doing it right now. Right. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. And I think you set that up perfectly for um, one of my treasured takeaways here on Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Stop beating yourself. Oh. This yep. team's beating themselves, honestly, because one of the things that is usually played into large losses or tight, you know, tight losses for this team has been a high turnover rate. And Tom Brady's not out here throwing two, three, four interceptions per game. So if your quarterback's not throwing away the ball, yet your offense can't get anything done, the only thing I'm seeing is that you are beating yourself, which mm-hmm. comes back to everything that you just said, Kaylee, so perfectly. It comes down to play calling, which we've talked about. It comes down to the lack of creativity, which we have talked about. I thought that this would have been the perfect game for them to even t- to attempt to um, attack evenly from the pass game to the run game, or even more so lean into their passing game that much more with such a large portion of the Steelers secondary being out. And you didn't see that. You saw no creativity. You saw no adjustments to trying to lean into the weaknesses of the Steelers. You saw the same old song and dance, even though you had a team that should have easily been able to to deliver you a win. So my biggest takeaway is this offense, this team actually as a whole needs to stop beating themselves because they really cannot play the blame game with anybody. Everyone has an accountability to take here as to why this team is not producing and not playing well and not functioning to the rate that they should be functioning at. For instance, you know, starting from play, Tom Brady, first of all, should not be rated at a, a C grade on PFF, uh, pro football focus. He's at like a 77.8 for one. He typically, the lowest I thought I've seen him drop in the last two years being with the Bucks was maybe about an 83%. He's at a 77.8. And some people aren't big on PFF grading. I do think that it does give a nice little foundation there to put some things into perspective. Kaylee and I talked about this Sunday also. There's the seeing eye test and then there's statistics. I like that sweet spot in the middle, you know? Yep. So, for instance, passer rating versus the Steelers, 87.8 versus the Falcons, 92.7 versus the Chiefs, 114.7 versus the Packers, 98.4 Saints, 79.3 Cowboys, 87.3. Overall, he's still within the 90s of his full average passer rating. But that goes to show you that it's not completely the fact that like he's not getting the job done because I take you back to that turnovers. Tom Brady has one interception for the entire season. So how is this offense not performing whatsoever? And I don't think it's a solely blame it on the offensive line deal. I've seen the videos on tick, uh, on Twitter. I've seen the many times that the issues that they're having on the left side of that offensive line. I get it. But you're also talking about one of the fastest quarterbacks with or quarterbacks with one of the fastest releases in the league. So I just don't think that they're game planning correctly around what they have. And maybe they made the mistake of thinking, okay, we just have to get through this week and then we'll see what happens next week. You know, because I know everyone has questions about Ryan Jensen and, you know, are they going to start switching anybody out for for Luke Gedeke? But 
you can't game plan like that. There are some things you can game plan on a week by week basis, but there's other things that you have to almost pretend like that's your long-term solution. And how is this going to work? How is this going to hang in there for us week by week until we get answers? Because when you only know 20% of a Ryan Jensen situation or anybody else, you can't sit here and think, let's just get past this week. It's not working for you guys. So for me, it's stop beating yourself. Something else to kind of like look out here, because then now we're talking about which you and I will get into more later in the end of the week when we do the preview for the Panthers game. But their defense is hanging at 11th overall. Um, their offense, you know, has percent wise run plays 33.3 percent pass plays 66.7 percent. Their EPA per run minus 0.33 minus their run game. They have parts of their run game in the minus column. Their EPA per pass, 0.09. You're not seeing any progress there. Then big time throw percentage, 4.43. Turnover worthy play percentage, 1.11. Power rating, which we kind of already just went through. So all I'm seeing here is a team that's not piecing together a plan. You're not being strategic. You're not looking at what you have available on your roster and making the best plan possible around them. Points allowed by this defense alone, 103. They rank six. They were supposed to be one of the best defense heading into this season. And then the offense is just bad. They're ranked 20th. Yeah. And Tom Brady's your quarterback. And Mike Evans, Mr. Eight, one, 1,000 seasons, is one of your top, was one of your receivers. Chris Godwin fought hard in the offseason to make a comeback, and now he's playing, you know? So it's almost a disservice to some of these guys to not plan adequate, adequately around the players that you have and, and to get creative and to be smarter about it and to formulate play, plays that, you know, should work, let's say, seven out of ten times because it's football and you never know. But it doesn't even feel like they're doing that. So stop beating yourselves is one of my biggest takeaways now that we are in week seven. I just can't watch the same old song and dance anymore. You got to you gotta split up the reps between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. I don't know. I still cannot figure out mentally how they saw KDOT in and Rashad White pave a way for them versus the Falcons and not game plan to include them more versus the Steelers who were, who were a depleted team. A one in four team and fully depleted and ranked way worse than the Falcons, who I've said from the beginning are not that bad. Um, something I kind of missed in updates, guys, and Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, is that the update on Cameron Brait, tight end Cameron Brait, uh, he does have a sprained neck. So I don't think that we will be seeing him anytime soon. Um, just really glad that he has functionality in his arms, legs, le like everything else. Um, but I can only now. imagine, you know, bouncing back from an injury like that. I had one of my best friends growing up in college. She sprained her neck in soccer. And that was a bit of a recovery. So yeah. um, what made me remember to re to give you guys an update with Cameron Bright is the fact that unfortunately – with Cameron Bright being out again for some time, now they're probably going to game plan more for Kate Otten, but it shouldn't have come to that. That shouldn't be the case at all. So not sure where they're going to go from there. I do know that you and I are both very frustrated with the game planning here. Mm -hmm. um, do you have anything else on offense, particularly Kaylee, or anything on defense for your takeaways? Two other things, um, and this goes into a little bit of what I was talking about before. Just wanted to throw this stat out to you guys. Um, under it, 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 it's not, and maybe it's like a confidence thing with with Tom Brady and his O line, um, because usually he's very good under pressure. 
Um, in the past, he's been ranked eighth. He was ranked eighth last year under pressure, his QBR rating. This year, his QBR rating under pressure is 4.7, which is 29th out of 32 qualifying passers. So wow. that does, I think that there is a little bit of a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. um, and to continue on with a little bit of that disconnect and to continue on with the point that you're making, Casey, it's, you know, there have been the offensive line struggles have not just amounted to Tom Brady and his QBR rating under pressure. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's also a big reason why the Bucks are struggling in the run game because to, to run just for averaging 3.1 yards per carry, that's the, that's the worst in the league. That's really bad. And when you have a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's literally dodging players and then carrying two players into the end zone, when you have such a powerful and strong runner like that, mm -hmm. the fact that your ranking is the worst in the league is very telling. And it's not telling of Leonard Fournette because he's a good, really good quality running back. It's telling that, again, you're not getting creative and this O-line is, is not figuring out a way to step up and create some gaps for, for net to be able to get through. And that's yeah. a, that's a really big deal because again, it goes back to my first point, which is you have to get positive yards. You have to be able to move the ball forward and passing running. It just, it's not happening. So specifically for the run game, Again, it, I'm just we're it, it's over here, and I'm gonna keep ringing this bell because it needs, like, it needs to be said. You have to get creative. Use Rashad White. Use K. Dot. And the one, the one of the plays that you had K. Dot out there, and he blocked, and and he was able to put up this really good block for Leonard Fournette. Fournette had a he had a long run that that one. He yeah. was able to get some yards. He was able to go somewhere. Cade Otten set that up. Use him. Use yeah. him both receiving. Use him as a fullback. He's a dynamic player. You need to use him. You have to change. Like you can't. Mm -hmm. It's broken, guys. It's not just like, oh, if it's don't. No, it's broken. It's broken. You have to fix it now. Yeah. It is broken. You have to fix it. So that was my last thing on offense. I just did want to 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 point out that there are I'm not ignoring or not acknowledging the O-line woes and issues. There those are real. Um I think that they can be avoided by using your strengths and, yeah. and playing to the guys that you have on your roster this year. Completely. And funny enough, once again, you set me up for my next point. My last offensive point, here I am, just a girl in Tampa Bay, once more crying out for this team to involve their tight ends way, 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 way more. Way more. Um, as you said, a lot of the successful, big successful runs that they've had, I mean, I can't particularly say a lot, but significant big successful runs that they have had have been behind Kate Otten and as well as Co'Keefe. Um, when you're aware of something like that, why not game plan to get them involved more, let alone something that's not been utilized, it's not been capitalized on whatsoever, is the middle of the field. And I know a lot of people had woes about what's going to happen when Rob Gronkowski is not on this roster. And so if there's anything that I'm significantly seeing, aside from the fact that Gronk was one of Tom Brady's go-to guys, um, 
who he can rely on, who he knew would get the job done. It was just a very seamless transition between those two. It's like reading a guy on the ice, you know? But other than that, what I'm noticing now is that it was the middle of the field. It was those over the middle passes where Gronk really showed up, where he was really able to fight for that extra yardage. And while I wouldn't sit here and say, Hey, we need to find the next Gronk. We just need to find the next tight end capable of doing so, which mm-hmm. is why I need them to start grooming and, and finding a functional role for the tight ends in this system. Cameron Bright has never particularly been a blocking tight end. So regardless of his role, regardless of when he's playing and if he's playing, you drafted a guy who showed you that he has blocking capabilities that can be built upon and, you know, catching capabilities that could be built upon. They should have been grooming that way better. And then you've seen in certain cer- certain circumstances where, you know, again, run there's been run plays that have taken place behind Co'Keefe and Kate Otten. There needs to be a play or a few plays constructed out there where you send Kate Otten to the middle of the field and let him start getting used to what that feels like. Let him find his confidence there. That's kind of a different adjustment to make, especially when you're getting into the NFL and on NFL speed, because the middle of the field is where you can kind of get eaten alive too. But that's why you want those big body receivers or tight ends to really take up and conduct out there. So that's where, again, creativity and all this stuff plays into it. But get the tight ends more involved. Let them help when it comes to the run game, especially with this O-line, trying to figure out what they're going to do here. Um, and, you know, is Luka Decky going to stay in that role? Donovan Smith's doing everything that he can outside. Tristan Wirfs is Tristan Wirfs. You've got the guys key-wise that you know can hold up. But, you know, you had Nick Leverett being a contender for that center role between him and Hainsey. You draft these versatile guys on the offensive line. So now it's time for them to start making some better judgment calls as a whole for this offense. And aside from the offensive line, the next better judgment call I think they need to make is how can we involve and use the tight ends to our advantage here? You know, where do we need blocking help? place a guy here. Where do we need to start, you know, orchestrating passes more over the middle of the field? Let's get a tight end in there. There's ways to be creative without overdoing it or getting too pretty or cute with it. And I'm just begging, I'm begging another week here to see these tight ends way more involved. And then aside from the offense and you and I's offensive points on treasure takeaways here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, I got one point for the defense. One really key point here. Third down management. Mm -hmm. You got to manage third downs. You cannot have a third down shutdown and then have a team going for it again. And then you just completely give up a massive play. It's not like it was a small little play and they just happened to get the one yard that they may or may not have needed. No, it was a monstrous 17 plus yard play. They almost, they literally hand, hand delivered Clayton Claypool, one of his best performances. That's that's offensive for a one and four Steelers team. And you're going to just start handing out. Here you go. Rack up stats on our behalf. There you go. Just pass out coupons while you're at it. Like, you know, free 10 yards on us, but we are one of the best defenses out here contending to be one of the best defenses out here. They've got to clean it up. They've got to get their heads on straight and third down management has been an issue for at least the past three games. So I don't know what it's going to take for them to, reel it in and get it together. But third down management has to change and just kind of, you know, scooting back to that quote that I said at the top of the segment, Todd Bowles recognizing it too, you know, a shutdown on third and 11, and then just giving up the next play, the next play, the next play, the next play, you have to be consistent. And there's too mm-hmm. much talent on this roster to be so inconsistent. Um, I need Devin white to get back to wherever his head was in training camp. Yep. Play strategically, help your team. Do the right thing out there. 
Levante David was the leading tackler, and I think he barely had seven tackles. I think he had seven tackles and, and one or two assists. And then after that, five tackles was the next the next leading, and that was between Antoine Winfield Jr. and Jamil Dean. Those are very ridiculous stats versus a rookie quarterback for one, then Mitchell Trubisky who comes in for two, and then guys who haven't gotten much yardage or big plays all season long except for the somewhat exciting game versus the Bengals, and then they get their next exciting game versus uh, what should be a top-tier Buccaneers defense. Yeah, it's just I think that my defensive point to kind of go go off that Casey is is not like this this does have to be the identity of the team on Sunday I said that this team doesn't have an identity the defense has to be the identity of this team because the offense is still figuring things out the yeah. offense had changes in coaches the offense had a, a few other changes the defense you still have Todd Bowles you still have most of your guys. So the fact that the defense is not holding their own, which they're not, mm -hmm. that's a really big issue. The defense needs to be the identity of this team. They have to be able to hang their hat on the defense. Warren Sapp used to say, just give me 17 points and the Bucks will still win. It doesn't matter. If a team scores 17 points, the Bucks will still win. Mm -hmm. This defense has to be better. You got to, like, take it from Sap. Like, you you can't allow these teams to put up so many points on you. And, and to your point, Casey, it starts with the big plays. You know, to start the game, the defense, they were pretty strong. They hung in there. They, they, they let the Steelers – Three of 11 on third downs is what the Steelers were to start the game. Mm -hmm. But then the Steelers went four for four, four, four on third downs, including a third and 13, a third and 15, two times, and a third and 11. That can't happen. So uh, on top of the fact that, like, you cannot let these big plays happen, you, you have to be tighter on third and long. You also, like – you just have to be better as a unit. You have to be better. Um, Shaq Barrett said, you know, he acknowledged it. He said, this is so frustrating. We can't be doing this to ourselves. We're supposed to be a good team, but good teams don't do this. We've got to figure it out. And I'm saying to you, yes, you do. You have to figure this out. Todd Bowles, Shaq, like all of you, you have to get into a room together and you have to figure out what these issues are because you can't go from being one of the best defenses and looking at the lineup. You guys have a like fantastic core and you brought back almost everyone on defense. How are you going to tell me that this can't be one of the best defenses in the NFL? They can be but they're not acting like it. They're not playing like it. And I think it goes back to maybe what Todd Bowles said a little bit. Some people may be living in fantasy land. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's on you coach. You, you got, you got to shake them out of it. And hopefully that loss did, but they have to be shaken out of this fantasy land. And they need to know that this defense has to be the identity of this team. You mm -hmm. have to. Um, and so I'm, uh, my call is that the defense has to step up. They have to step up. They have to own the fact that they are a defensive team and that this is where they need to hang their hat. Um, yeah. and 